0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is two verses from the Epistle lesson, Galatians 4, verses 4 to 5. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Well, much of our culture has concluded Christmas is all over once again. Many decorations already down, all the gifts open, some returned or broken. Most families have enjoyed some time together in worship, around the tree and at the dinner table. Unfortunately, other families, not so much. But I pray that this Christmas Eve and Christmas Day were wonderful celebrations for you and yours. But the it's all over now mentality is really unfortunate. In reality, we ought to be celebrating the eighth day of Christmas today with four more days to go, you know, the 12 days of Christmas. Today's hymns are helping us to do that. So yes, continue to ponder the what and the how of that first Christmas. But our text from Galatians chapter four turns our attention to the why of Christmas. And I believe we can kind of get the gist of what St. Paul is saying here in these verses by looking at them through the words of a nursery rhyme. It's one many of us have known since childhood. Mary had a little lamb whose fleece was white as snow and everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go. It's ironic that the characters in that nursery room have always been associated with Christmas, Mary and sheep. The Virgin Mary, of course, was the mother of our Lord. But where's a lamb? Well, since it was to shepherds that the birth of Jesus was first announced, every nativity scene, I've noticed, has a sheep or two in it. So Mary had a little baby, and the shepherds brought a few of their lambs, with them to visit the Christ child. But taken in another more profound sense, this nursery rhyme unwittingly and yet beautifully focuses our attention on the why of Christmas. So instead of saying that the Virgin Mary gave birth to a little baby boy, as we usually do, let's imagine for a minute that Mary had a little lamb, a little lamb whose fleece was white as snow. On the one hand, ridiculous. People give birth to people, not to little lambs. But Mary had a little lamb didn't sound so crazy back in Jesus' day. 30 years after his birth, John the Baptist pointed right at Jesus and said twice, behold, the Lamb of God. So I'm not the first one to have such a crazy idea. Actually, centuries earlier, Isaiah spoke of Jesus as a lamb who would be led to the slaughter. And decades after Jesus' birth, John the disciple saw Jesus revealed in a vision as a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, but now powerfully once again alive. So maybe Mary did have a little lamb on that first Christmas after all. Why a lamb? Well, the answer to that question answers so many questions about the baby boy Mary laid in a manger. So our text begins, when the fullness of time had come. Now, that phrase is certainly pregnant with meaning. Any student of history can look back to the time when Jesus was born and see that even from a purely human perspective, it was an opportune time for Jesus to be born. In the stability of the Roman Empire, there's a long period of peace, of law and order. Efficient and safe travel were common throughout much of the Mediterranean world. As a result of the conquests of Alexander the Great, the Greek language of the New Testament was understood by virtually all literate people in the empire. So that message of a promised savior who had come to earth, died and rose again, could never before and rarely since have spread so rapidly. But above all, this was really God's time that had fully come. And time for what? Our text continues. God sent forth his son, born of a woman. And on this eighth day after his birth, he was named, given the name Jesus, Yahweh the Lord saves for he would save his people from their sins. So at the opportune time God had chosen to save us, the holy and righteous God sent forth his holy and righteous son to be born of a woman. And part of understanding the why of Christmas is to recognize that this child born of Mary was no ordinary one. He was, in fact, sinless son of God. So while all other people born into this world have been conceived in sin and brought forth in iniquity, Mary's little baby was conceived by the Holy Spirit, as we just confessed, and born without the stain of sin. That point is made in a number of Christmas songs uh, we just sang. The Virgin Bears a Sinless Boy, or Ah, Dearest Jesus, Holy Child, or Gentle Mary laid her child lowly in a manger, though he was the undefiled, to the world a stranger. And then our text continues, born under the law. On this, the eighth day after his birth, Jesus was also circumcised. In the next chapter of Galatians, Paul writes, I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision, that he is obligated to keep the whole law. Jesus, like us, was thereby placed under the law of God. But where we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Mary's son did not. Hebrews affirms that Jesus was tempted as we are in every way, yet without ever sinning. So all right then, maybe you'll grant me that Mary's child was born pure and holy, and that he lived a perfect, sinless life, if you will, his fleece was white as snow, unblemished by the stain of even one sin. But still, why did Mary have a little lamb? By being born under the law here, Paul means more than the fact that Jesus was obligated to keep the whole law for himself. To be a Jesus, to save us, Jesus was also born under the law, to bear the punishment which the law pronounces on all who disobey it. Martin Luther wrote this. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, declares that Christ did not only fulfill one or two easy requirements of the law, but that he also endured the tortures of the law. The law brought all its fright to bear upon Christ until he experienced anguish and terror such as nobody has ever experienced. His tremulous prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, his lamentation on the cross, by God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Bear eloquent testimony to the sting of the law, says Dr. Luther. And why suffering the sting of the law? Well, verse 5 our text explains, with the phrase to redeem those who were under the law. That's what Jesus came to do. Those words explain the why of Christmas, and they open up the way for us to understand in which the Virgin Mary did have a little lamb. Yes, God's word says all have sinned, that the wages of sin is death, and without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of those sins. In the Old Testament times, God's people sacrificed lambs and other animals again and again and again and again and offered up their blood to God. The blood of those sacrificed animals took the place of or substituted for the lives of the people which God required because of their sins. And all of those sacrifices pointed ahead to the one who would come to earth in the fullness of time. Then God's Son came to be our substitute, to bear the penalty of the law once and for all as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So the good news of great joy, which shall be to all people, is this. The white as snow fleece of this Mary's little lamb didn't stay that way. Instead, or in our stead, it became darkened, dirtied, and bloodied with the sins of the whole world. Thirty-three years after Jesus lay in a manger, he was hanging on a cross where God made his son who had no sin to be sin for us, the dirtiness and ugliness of our faults and failures and disobedience, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God." It's the blood-stained fleece of Jesus, the Lamb of God, which cleanses us from all sin. And that explains the why of Christmas. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. Mary gave birth to a little baby boy. But thank God her little boy grew up to be a lamb in order to redeem us by paying the price for all our sins. And now, Jesus' resurrection assures us God has accepted that redemption, that payment, in our place. And so our text concludes, so that we might receive adoption as sons. We have been bought back and brought back into the family of our Heavenly Father through Mary's little lamb, whose fleece was and is now again white as snow, The words of Isaiah are true for you and for me. Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. You see, you now have fleece as white as snow because God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Verse 7 goes on to explain why Paul calls all of us sons here. It's so that we would all, men, women, young, old, know that we are all heirs, that we will all inherit equally the blessings of our Heavenly Father as we will live forever before God as sinless, pure, and holy as the Son of God whom Mary laid in a manger that first Christmas morning. And all of that explains the why of Christmas. So as we enter this new year, may you live in the assurance that all of this gives. You have been adopted into God's family You enter the year of our Lord, 2023, as children of the Heavenly Father, brothers and sisters together in Christ, and even fellow heirs with Christ for all eternity. And all of that's true, because the Virgin Mary had a little lamb whose fleece was white as snow. And everywhere that God's lamb leads, I pray that you will go today, this new year, and forever. And as you do so, may the peace of God, which passes all our understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen.